to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. I'm Ashley. And we are here to talk about a new movie starring Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton called 3,000 Years of Longing. So this is the first film um, directed by George Miller since Mad Max Fury Road. Um, This is quite a different uh, kind of film. Uh, It is about a literary scholar. Her name is Alethea. She's played by Tilda Swinton. She, at the beginning of the movie, is in Istanbul uh, for a conference. And while there, she visits a a little antique shop, and she buys this little glass bottle that it kind of intrigues her. And she kind of opens it accidentally, and out pops Idris Elba, who is a djinn, or a genie. And... As genies do, he asks her to for three wishes. Um, but she, being a literary scholar and very knowledgeable about such stories, she knows that that's a trap. And much of the movie involves uh, Idris Elba kind of telling his story and trying to convince her to to make her wishes. Um, so that's kind of the setup, I guess. Uh, what did you think about it? Yeah, I mean, it's very much like an anthology in a way because you know the the bulk of the movie is taken up by. The djinn, he tells her he's been in prison three times and he then proceeds to, in order to kind of gain her trust, he tells her these stories of how he was imprisoned and why and everything. Um, yeah, so this was a movie that I thought had all the parts and ingredients that could have made it great, but I thought it was just good. And there's different reasons I think that. So I'll, I'll talk about things I like. First of all, um, this movie just gets some points for being original. Now I know it's an adaptation. It's an adaptation of a store, a short story, um, that's written by A.S. Byatt. I think you've read some of her work before, mm-hmm. but it's based on a short story of hers from the 1990s called the Jin and the Nightingale's Eye. Um, but you know, this is not, uh, this is not a, a sequel film. This is not a superhero movie. It's not a big action blockbuster. And we, 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 there's a lot of those at the multiplex. I was really happy to see something not like one of those open at uh, the, the multiplexes. Um, and you know, it's got Edward Selva and Tilda Swinton and they're, they're great. It's really hard for them to go wrong. <laughs> and they, and they don't. Uh, that said, the movie is, I think this movie wants you, it kind of wants to be kind of intellectual and even kind of heartbreaking or have an emotional tug. And that just doesn't, it didn't work for me. So yeah. And, and it's, I don't think it's quite as intellectual as it thinks it is. Mm. Um, so one of the things with this movie all right, this is just, this is just me. And there are two particular, I feel like there's two particular types of movies uh, as far as narrative style goes. So there's one that kind of tells you everything. Mm-hmm. And then there's one that kind of just throws some things out there, throws you some ideas, um, or just shows you some scenes of things, right? But doesn't really take a long time or if it to any time at all to explain them to you. 
but they're just supposed to kind of sit there, resonate with you, maybe marinate a little bit in your in your head and your heart, and you just kind of it's an experience and you kind of flow along with it. I actually really like those movies as long as they're not like super weird. Uh, even then, sometimes I like them. The movies that kind of like take that kind of tell you and to over explain things. You know, there's sure there's a place for those, but I'm not as big on those. The reason I bring that up is. Every now and then I'll come across a movie that tries to be both. And that bugs me because my, my brain needs to set itself. It has trouble oscillating between those two modes. So like, here's the thing. You're either going to be a movie that tells instead of shows and, or you're going to be a movie that just kind of throws out some ideas and then makes you kind of like percolate on them. Right. And this movie tries to do both. This movie is very narrative heavy. So, you know, it is, like I said, the bulk of it is, is the djinn played by Idris Elba telling Tilda Swinton about his, basically his, his life, how he was imprisoned over, over a period of 3000 years. Um, and they're just in her hotel room. Seriously, it's two people sitting in white bathrobes in a hotel room talking, which is nothing, you know, Nothing wrong with that. I really loved uh, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, earlier this year. And that's kind of what that is. But it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of explaining the story. And then there are things that crop up in this movie that I feel like are sort of these ideas that it kind of wants you to like think about. But it doesn't explain them to you. And I just, I had a little bit of whiplash because those didn't work as well for me because I'm like, look, you're going to have this narrative heavy story where you're telling me everything or you're going to be doing something different. I don't want you to be trying to do both. Yeah, um, I pretty much agree with you, I think. Um, I thought it was just okay. And, you know, it's an interesting idea to kind of turn this, this story on its head a little bit and have kind of the the djinn be the focus of the story and, and his experiences rather than, you know, the person who opened the bottle and the three wishes and all that stuff. Um, much of the movie is focusing on him. And that's an interesting, that's an interesting twist in it. Um, and you're, and you're right. Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton are two really interesting actors. And um, I couldn't help but think of the, the old uh, Gene Siskel test of a movie. Would you rather see these actors in conversation rather than these two characters in conversation? And I think in this case, for sure, I would rather just watch Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton have a conversation than listen to these two characters in that hotel room where, I don't know, it's those scenes just aren't very memorable to me. And as good as those actors are, they just didn't have a chemistry that I would expect them to have. Um, so that was disappointing, but I do think that the stories that the, that the djinn told and, you know, we kind of flash back and we, we see those kind of unfold and they're kind of, you know, visually they're, they're kind of evocative and there's some, um, uh, good pacing in with some of them, um, Ultimately, I, I think, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it, about it afterwards, and those stories kind of, they maybe weren't distinct enough. They kind of merged together. It was hard for us to remember which story was, was which. Um, 
but I do remember some images and <laughs> I thought those were, those were pretty cool. Um, you're, you're right about this. The story kind of hints at being some deeper themes, but it never quite achieves them. You know, she's this literary scholar. She taught, she, you know, there's talk about narrative and the, the, the importance of st- telling stories and stuff, but it, I don't know. It never really goes deep into that. Um, at least well, not, were, not the way out of the, you were out of the, the auditorium at one point <laughs> okay. that, you know, Tilda Swinton's character kind of goes on this little monologue, this narrative monologue about um, stories and how we're, we all are stories or we have stories to tell and they have, beginnings middle uh, beginning mm-hmm. middle and end and yeah it's they're really telegraphing to you this is this is about stories mm-hmm. but i'm like okay I, I wish this were a little bit better one but you know <laughs> right um and you're right about it trying to have it both ways as far as narration and then showing and sometimes i feel like they they showed the spectacle but then they narrated kind of the more emotional or intimate moments, I think. I, it, and, and ultimately that meant for much of the movie until the very end, the much of the movie, I didn't really feel much. Um, Can I pick up on that? Cause you mentioned something that, so in one of the stories, the Jin mentions how he was super in love with his cousin, make of that what you will, but you know, he really loved her and et cetera, et cetera. And then in another story, this is, you know, a thousand or two thousand years later in his in his in his in his history, there's a you know he's let out of a, a bot one of the bottles he was trapped in, and there's a, another woman that he whose path he crosses, and he talks about like you know I mean I, I loved her more than my cousin, <laughs> and I remember you know that was not the only time in the movie where something kind of going back to what you just said something is told to us mm-hmm. that to me, is not conveyed emotionally. Like, particularly in a movie, and I think it was Roger Ebert one time said, and this is very general, it's not a <laughs> super hard rule, but in general, literature is tends to be more intellectual. Film tends to be a little bit more on the emotional side, right? So, in a movie, you need to not just tell, you're not supposed to tell the audience something's emotional, if you're having to tell the audience that, you've kind of fallen down on the job, you need to be conveying to your audience the emotion. Your audience needs to feel or at least understand the emotion that's supposed to be happening on on screen with these characters. And there was more than once in this movie where we were being told by a character, like, this, this, shoot, I was really, (laughs) I really love this person. Loved her more than the person I last said I loved. (laughs) And I'm just like, Oh, really? I didn't pick up on that. That wasn't conveyed to me like this little retelling that you're doing here, but but sure. All right. You know. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh, I I don't want to and we won't give away anything about the ending, but I, I I did like the way that the issue of the three wishes was resolved. And um I I did ultimately feel something, but it was a little too little, a little too late. Um, I agree with that. 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I did feel a little something, a sliver <laughs> of something at, at the end, but you're right. It was a little too late. I have to say, too, and again, we're not going to do any spoilers with this, but 
the first wish that she makes, and she makes it pretty deep in the movie, um, for me anyway, I think the word I used with you afterwards when we were discussing it after we got out of the theater, I think I used the word, the term unearned. Mm. It felt really unearned to me. And I think this was another instance of, you know, a clash between, I think, what the story was trying to tell us and then what I was feeling or not feeling. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? That did not, that did not feel earned. Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. Something I want to bring up too, and I hate to be like this, but, and I will just let, let people know who are listening. I am apparently in the minority uh, on this, but I don't think this movie looks good visually. Mm. Um, which is interesting. So, you know, you mentioned earlier at the top that this is the first movie in like seven years that director George Miller has done. I should say he also adapted this with, um, with his, apparently his daughter, Augusta Gore. Um, but yeah, you know, Mad Max Fury Road was just stunning. And I think one of the, it, it looked really good. I mean, the cinematography was great in that. I think it was a really good mesh of obviously, so there are some post-production digital effects, but it was also very like a uh, practical effect heavy. This movie feels very post-production heavy in my opinion, those post-production effects do not look good. And I will say again, I mean, I've, after we saw it, I perused some reviews. We watched a couple of our favorite YouTubers talk about it. I am in the minority here, but I, whoa, these effects do not look very polished, particularly. So the gin, and he's not the only gin or spirit or whatever that we see. They all have the same effect given to them, which is like this sort of wispy, like on the edges of like, their body, like where you see like their hands, it's very wispy and, and like, uh, yeah, there's like, but anyway, that looked fake, like really like this is a digital post-production movie effect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't look magical. Um, there's, when he first appears, uh, the, the Idris Elba Jinn, um, again, they're, they're, they're in a whole hotel room and he's huge when he first appears. He eventually shrinks down to a decently normal size, but he's huge when he first appears. And there's a, a moment where, you know, Tilda Swinton, there's a shot where Tilda Swinton is in the foreground and she's turned away from him. So she's looking at the camera and they're conversing and he's behind her. I, at no point in that moment felt that they were in that room together. Mm-hmm. It, this felt like probably what it was where, you know, Tilda Swinton was maybe really there and then they filmed him separately and then they put him in the background. It looked, it looked completely like that to me yeah no i agree the, those cgi effects were were pretty sketchy at best um but i did appreciate i did like what i'll call the set design or and uh costume design of some of those uh flashback scenes where he's telling his story um i thought that looked nice yeah i mean some of those were were good i mean i, I still was as bothered by the effects. So there's a scene, I think you're out of the auditorium for this, but there's a scene that, you know, when he's telling one of his stories in the past about, uh, it's in the queen of Sheba's throne room. And I mean, we're talking Phantom Menace level green screen or whatever effects there where, I mean, I was watching that and I'm like, don't none of this look real. Maybe the people in it, because it's her. And then she's got on either side of her, this row of like, you know, her, her, consorts or whatever uh and maybe they were real <laughs> but 
yeah, nothing about that throne room felt real. It felt again like a post-production digital recreation of a, of a room. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Nothing. It, 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 I say nothing, but several parts just did not feel grounded, um, which I was sad to see. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts? No, I think I've said my piece on this. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, so what would you give it out of 10? I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. I will give it that as well. Okay. That's a slightly higher than I was going to, but I'll give it a <laughs> six and a half. It's uh, it's on the tomato meter. It has a 72% critic score and a 73% audience score. Um, I have come across several people who have seen this and uh, I, they really like it. Mm. And I, I think that's cool. Um, it, I, I don't think it's at all a bad movie. I think I've, I've kind of gone off on various aspects of it, but actually I don't think it's a bad movie. Right. And I, again, I appreciate the fact that it's, um, it's something different at the, at the multiplexes. Yes. Something different with great actors and they really help because yeah, the story is a little lacking sometimes. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So six and a half from us, 3000 years of longing. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.